Good morning and welcome to Full Disclosure. Every Wednesday morning here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, we get together with the Better Government Association, whose mission is exactly that, making government better by shining a light on what it's doing. David Grising is the president and CEO of the BGA and is back with us. David, good morning. Good morning, Jim. Well, we are back to uh, an issue we've talked about a lot uh, during this census year uh, with the uh, the numbers uh, finally in a few weeks ago and the legislature had to scramble to go back and redo their legislative district maps passed again on a, uh, a strictly partisan basis. And Governor J.B. Pritzker, who in 2018 said he would veto maps drawn by politicians, has for the second time this year signed a map drawn by politicians. Uh, we're getting the predictable outcry, but but none of this is a surprise at all, David. No, none of this is a surprise, and and uh, even this is not the final chapter in uh, in this uh, drama. Uh, we already have a lawsuit from the Mex- Mexican American Legal Defense and Education Fund uh, based on complaint by Latinx residents of the state that they are not adequately represented. There's a lot of concern being expressed by Black residents as well. And of course, uh, Republicans in Illinois believe that this was a a badly gerrymandered map designed to further enhance the uh, supermajorities in both houses of the legislature of Illinois for another decade. And they are both complaining uh, on the political level and also looking for uh, ways to litigate as well. You know, we are uh, left only to be able to imagine the alternate universe where Republicans had control of the House and the Senate and the governor's mansion and yet said, hey, we'll just let an independent commission handle this rather than doing it ourselves. I, I don't know that we can actually summon up that alternate universe, but that is uh, uh, the scenario they would have us believe anyway. But nonetheless, as you noted, we will have these uh, legal fights continuing. And uh, we're, we're just at round one here because now the legislature is gearing up uh, for the process of congressional district maps. This is also going to be hugely contested, uh, bitterly uh, fought, and and bitterly contentious. Uh, And um, they've once again opened up this portal uh, where anybody can go and uh, and, and try their map-making skills and see if you can create the uh, perfect, fair, and, and, and evenly equitably representative map, although one wonders why somebody would spend the time doing it, because, David, is there any evidence that any of these citizen-submitted maps have even been looked at, much less acted upon? I'm unaware, and no elected official has produced uh, evidence that, in fact, the citizen efforts were in any way useful to them. Uh, All of the work has happened, as in the past, uh, behind closed doors, all the significant work, I should add. Uh, There's been a lot of public outreach and a lot of public hearings, and uh, kind of the politicians have gone through the motions of including the public in this very important process, but there's no evidence based on the the what came out of that process that uh, any of that has had much influence. So uh, if, if you are really badly bored, can't get to sleep, um, uh, kind of like playing Sudoku for hours on end without <laughs> interruption and are looking for a distraction, maybe go to the portal. But uh, if you're trying to affect 
the ultimate map making in the end, um, this probably isn't the way to get it done. Or, or alternatively, you could go and see if you could create the most gerrymandered map possible and then see how close it is to the final product when it actually <laughs> uh, gets approved, too. Uh, maybe that's the game the Democrats were playing <laughs> with, uh, with the maps we're, we're seeing now. Um, maybe somebody won that. We didn't even hear about this contest, and somebody won it. Uh, they're, they're, they're sporting their map gerrymandering badge right now, no doubt. Uh, David, in all seriousness, though, uh, you know, and realizing that, again, uh, no, nobody is surprised by this outcome. This was a preordained conclusion that Democrats would use their uh, absolute control of the executive and legislative branches uh, to create maps that are designed to benefit them over the next decade. But but once this is ultimately done and settled, whether through these maps or through an eventual court ruling, is there any possibility that you can see that at some point we will, before the next census, before the next redistricting, uh, actually start to craft a process that really does uh, look to create fair maps, maps that are designed for the benefit of voters rather than the benefit of politicians? Is that even a, a realistic dream at this point? Well, that was the dream that the BGA had a couple of years ago when we published a, a fair map that, um, you know, we didn't have delusions that this would be the map that would be adopted, but we did show that it can be done. And we, we did show that some of the benefits that accrue to a fairly drawn uh, map making process in which voters choose their elected officials and not the other way around. Uh, we've also seen an effort by a, a, a a partner group of ours, Change Illinois, uh, to do something akin to that in the uh, city council where they're actually trying to set up an independent group that would do the map as we and other good government types say ought to be the way that it's done. Um, there's no evidence so far that any politicians are picking up on this. It's really up to the voters of the state uh, to hold government accountable because the politicians uh, won't do it on their own. And in fact, it becomes even more difficult if the intended effect of this gerrymandered map is that the Democrats get an even larger uh, supermajority. There's some talk about four additional seats in the House uh, going Democratic. Um, uh, um, maybe in the next uh, year or so, you know, seven. Uh, there have been seven districts that are competitive in the Republican uh, in the Republican caucus. Um, there could be big changes within the next ten years uh, if, in the midterm elections or in the various elections that happen before then, um, the intended effect is actually achieved. Uh, ultimately, maps don't vote, people do. And if this is an important issue, you can choose to vote for candidates who will pledge to and follow through on uh, moving to a fair map process. And those that uh, don't do that, you can punish them by withholding your vote from them. But we'll see if indeed uh, that's how it plays out over the next 10 years. It's Full Disclosure with David Grising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association. David, we move on now to to uh, another issue that has been a very hot topic, especially here uh, in downstate Illinois, I'm sure uh, in uh, in Chicago as well, and that's the uh, the ongoing backlog in processing FOID card applications, FOID card renewals. This is required here in Illinois to own a gun, to purchase ammunition for your firearm, uh, and the system has gotten tremendously bogged down, uh, not helped at all, of course, by the pandemic, and there's been a flood of 
um, uh, applications, uh, people wanting to, uh, to to get to their FOID cards or to get them renewed. Uh, and we have been anticipating this week there would be a very critical audit of this saying, in effect, the state police is not complying with the law. So state police yesterday preemptively came out and said, hey, we're doing a whole lot better. Um, better may not be good enough, though. <laughs> Right. Uh, the, the state law requires a uh, 72-hour turnaround on uh, 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 federal uh, firearm ownership ID card, um, and they're nowhere nowhere close to that. They're months behind uh, from based on the uh, public complaints that we've been hearing. Um, it's nice of them to say, hey, we're trying to fix it. Uh, that's good news. There has been a huge surge kind of in their defense. There has been a huge surge uh, in the last year plus, uh, starting around the time of the uh, um, uh, response to the George Floyd murder up in Minneapolis and the civil disturbances that had happened in Chicago and some other cities around the state. Uh, and then, of course, after the insurrection in January, there was another bump in uh, applications. And so uh, it, it's probably uh, the situation where the state police just could not, even if they were effectively managed and staffed, uh, they could not handle uh, the, the, the uptick in uh, applications. There hasn't been any independent reporting just yet, though, uh, to look at how they've handled this. And we saw in the case with um, the um, unemployment insurance uh, where the Department um, of uh, uh, Economics, um, gosh, I'm forgetting the, the, the uh, department, but but where um, unemployment applications weren't handled. Oh, IDES, Employment the, Security. Yeah, IDES, that, that's it. So, thank you. Um, uh, department of Employment Security, uh, they weren't able to handle the huge ticket unemployment claims, and that was in part due to cutbacks that had been made uh, in staffing. And so there's more reporting that needs to be done about what really happened here uh, with regard to the, the, the extreme delays happening uh, at the state police. And, of course, there are a lot of people who would love to uh, have the FOID requirement and the FOID law thrown out entirely uh, and the state's failure to uh, to live up to uh, the, the mandates of the law uh, could give some fodder to them in these ongoing legal challenges. It's Welcome back to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. Every Wednesday morning here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, we check in with David Greising. He's the president and CEO of the BGA, and they uh, track the things that government is doing and also the things that government is even thinking about doing. Uh, a piece of legislation that is in the works and is uh, certain to generate some controversy, but it would uh, uh, allow voting rights uh, not about people who have been convicted of felonies have served their time and are out of, of prison. They already have that here in Illinois. This would actually allow people to be able to legally vote while they are behind bars serving their sentence after felony convictions. Uh, and David Greising, this is certain to be controversial, but how likely is it could actually pass? Well, that's a great question, Jim. Uh, it is a very interesting and controversial law, and it fits into uh, this notion of restorative justice that we have seen with regard to, say, eliminating cash bail or the movement to count prisoners uh, uh, based on uh, where they where they are. Um, uh, the, getting this out of the Rules Committee, uh, which is where it now sits, uh, may well be a challenge. It will be a measure of uh, Chris Welch, the new Speaker of the House, and his his leadership and decisions he will make, frankly, as a leader in terms of what 
um, proposals get heard and which do not. Under Mike Madigan, if Madigan didn't think the votes were there or in some cases didn't like a bill, it would just die in the Rules Committee. Welch has said he won't let that happen in the same way, and this may be one test. The idea is that uh, convicted criminals ought to still have their vote. And there are all kinds of questions about it, including whether it would comply with the Constitution, uh, and obviously a very important consideration. Uh, but um, uh, it, it's an interesting proposal and will, no doubt, uh, be a, a topic of considerable discussion before the veto session, uh, which occurs uh, this coming month. I can remember when uh, fall veto sessions used to be fairly perfunctory and kind of dull. <laughs> That's certainly not going to be the case if we have legislation like this, plus those congressional district maps we were talking about likely to be acted upon during the veto session as well. We'll be watching that very carefully and, of course, talking about it here on Full Disclosure. Uh, also yesterday in Chicago, uh, a, a big event uh, that brought out uh, most of the state's uh, top uh, elected officials, Governor J.B. Pritzker, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and many others, and also brought back to Illinois the uh, one-time state senator who walked the streets of Springfield, uh, and then the later president of the United U.S. senator, then president of the United States, uh, now former President Barack Obama and his wife Michelle on hand for the groundbreaking of the Obama Presidential Center near Chicago. Uh, and, and David, this is something that again uh, could be a big tourist boom in that area, but it has also been a very controversial project. Well, it absolutely has been. Let's not forget he also declared for president on a frozen February day in Springfield. Um, Barack Obama uh, chose to put his presidential center uh, on what is a Frederick Law Olmsted uh, masterpiece of landscape design. Uh, and there were hopes that he would put it into a community that is in dire need of the investment, whereas uh, the area along Lake Michigan there where he put it uh, is cannot be defined as such. Not only that, but he has refused to sign what's called a community benefits agreement with local groups who look a lot like some of the groups he led when he was a community organizer, uh, saying, who are they to tell him what to do. Uh, he hasn't put it in quite such direct language, but the people at the Obama Foundation certainly have ignored that that uh, effort. And they have won the backing of uh, all kinds of politicians, including Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And the groundbreaking yesterday, uh, even though there still is litigation going on, uh, nobody thinks it's going anywhere after a couple of rulings this summer. And the groundbreaking, not to mention the um, uh, tractor, the bulldozing of of a number of trees in the area, et cetera, are a sure sign that this thing is going forward and the Obama Presidential Library and Center uh, will get built. And uh, David, we are unfortunately just about out of time. We're not going to have time to talk about something with some uh, potentially pretty big ramifications uh, for media here in Illinois. Two of the major media organizations in the state, Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago's public radio station, WBEZ, are reportedly in merger talks, but maybe we'll know more about that uh, next week. We can talk some more about it. In the meantime, time. Uh, we are out of time for this morning. So David Greising, to people how to reach you in the BGA the rest of the week. I'm at dgreising at bettergov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org. And uh, our website is bettergov.org. And of course, here each Wednesday morning, full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. David, thanks. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye.